seems like every local in the valley here has a mountain bike. This sport is really exploding. I break the law. I ride an illegal trip. And it's getting away from the cops, the cars, the concrete. Those Abaka is a Chinese down here. Using snowboarders together on a run, you're looking for trouble. You know, they get on skis and they just think they can overcome the world. The more you around, the more you're going to find out. I like to think that death is out of the question. The life starts at 40 miles an hour. You ride the chairlift for two or three weekends and you have to go like climb hills all week just to be even with God, you know. Welcome to Mind the Track with Powbot and Trail Whisperer, ramblings from the skin track in winter, single track in summer, celebrating the core lords, and fostering the culture of mountain life in the Sierra Nevada and Great Basin. Today is February 10th, 2024, and this is episode number 31. Thanks again for listening, everybody. Please help spread the word. Leave Mind the Track a rating and review, and subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube. Got feedback or a core lord we should chat with? Drop us a line at mindthetrackpodcast at gmail.com, at mindthetrack on the old Instagram, or just go to our website at mindthetrack.com and let us know what you think of the show and pray for snow. I am the Trail Whisperer. Uh, here beside me, as always, is the Professori of the and the director of the Powder Intelligence Agency, Mr. Powbot. Fresh back from Japan. Japan. He's back from Japan. He's got the Hakuba hack. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, it was, that's what stopped us from recording while I was gone. Like, we kind of had it on the radar to get a pod in the, the first week I was there. And, uh, you know, about, I guess it was maybe 10 days in, I, I was just the stupid American that just rolled into international travel without without a mask being like yeah i got it i'm not gonna get sick you're like licking doorknobs and hugging everybody no and- i mean i'm a clean i'm not like <laughs> i'm not one of those people who's like really worried about I, you know i don't worry about that stuff but i'm I, I you know i wash my hands and i'm careful and everything but i i probably yeah. should have been masking up traveling through tokyo and the train systems and everything he's like I, a weekend i got the, i got the hook of a hack with i mean asia seems to have more of a mask culture they've dealt they with do. Yeah, yeah yeah like we were the only gaijins over there walking around not wearing masks and i paid the price for it we all did actually you, did you say gaijin gaijin is that yeah. like uh um that's gringo and japanese totally, that's, that's gaijin like, that's the slang for like the white boy in japan <laughs> Gaijin. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that, you know, I ended up getting sick. I, I think I only really left, lost out on one day of good riding. Uh, that's good. You know, but it was, we ended up having good conditions and then it kind of went south. We were on the South Island. Uh, I'll say that if you're going to go to Japan, if you want guaranteed pow, you got to go to the North Island. Like they're, they don't run the risk of, uh, getting warm and getting a little rainy. Like we got one, uh, on our last uh, bit of time there. Yeah. But, you know, the, but then again, for us, the South Island had better culture and other things to do. So we just pulled the plug and turned into a couple tourists and, and traveled around and saw some other really cool things in Japan, which is, it place is amazing. I bet. I, yeah. It's, I bet. It's a cool, it looks incredible. it's an incredible country to travel in. It's really easy. You know, it, it makes us 
look like barbarians over here with the way that we have our, our system set up and particularly like public transportation set up. Yeah. Like we're just so in the stone age, yeah. you know, like when we pulled the plug to leave, we ended up going to Kyoto, which is this really cool ancient city pretty far South of Tokyo. And we covered the distance on one of the bullet trains, you know, from Tokyo down there to Kyoto and I think this it was about the same equal distance as, as Sacramento or San Francisco to LA. It was 500 miles in two hours on a bullet train. That's amazing. That cost like 35 bucks. Yeah. And then boom, we were there and got to be tourists and see some really cool things. But uh, yeah, fresh back from the Japan trip and happened to roll right back into Tahoe's best cycle. You know, we yeah. finally have skiing here. Yeah, we finally got a real winter. Like the last time we recorded, we had gotten... A, just barely enough snow to make things skiable. Then when you left for Japan for three weeks, like that, it was a pretty dry spell. I was back to riding my mountain bike yeah, and dirt bike like up at like 7,000 feet. And then uh, in the last week we got what, like four feet of snow in that storm over five days. So it, uh, it filled things back in and now we're kind of back into proper winter. Yeah. Um, we, Feels good. Yeah, we went for a little tour earlier today up on uh, Incline. Yeah, which was really up, nice up in the Rose area, and it was it was one of those days in Tahoe where like the lake just looks bluer than yeah. it normally does. It's yeah. just that had that really crisp, dark blue look to it, shimmery. Yeah, and it's yeah. this week's been interesting too skiing since I got back here. It's been a lot of, you know, like flu- it hasn't it didn't ever really clear. It just, and then there were like these little sleeper days where it would snow four to six inches totally. every day. Yeah. And, uh, that's, it's, it's been cool to come roll back into, into some good skiing here. Yeah. Yeah. I probably the best few days of the winter so far have been in the last week. Um, and we, we took an extended time off. I know a couple, that's, uh, Kessler was like, dude, I'm, I'm jonesing. Where, where, when are you guys recording yeah, again? I was Come thinking, on. I was thinking about it, how long it's been. And I was like, well, basically we're recording like as much as it's been snowing in Tahoe, yeah. which has been like once every two weeks. I know. Yeah. We've been, we've been, uh, we're, we're, we're on different we're, programs. We'll but, get back on it. But you know what? This has been a hard winter. Like I felt like I haven't gotten into my groove at all this yeah, winter yeah. at all with anything that I'm doing. Like it's definitely been, you know, a struggle. I've been on the struggle bus a little bit yeah. and feeling like I haven't been getting my normal shred satisfaction level up high enough. Yeah. Definitely uh, not compared to last year. I guess, I guess that's what you it know. was, man. The bar was just set so high. It was, yeah, it was super high last year. <laughs> But, it, you know, it's been nice. You know, last weekend I went down and uh, visited our friend Nick Bliss. Mm-hmm. Um, and he lives down near Sonora Pass. And we went and sledded, took the sleds out to Sonora Pass, Levitt Lake area. And it was like the perfect amount of snow. It was like 18 to 24 inches of light blower. Fun. Like perfect for like, you know, because um, last winter it was pretty deep on the sled. Like you were <clears throat> you were either full throttle or you were sinking because it was like four feet, five feet deep, you know. But this this winter it's a little shallower and it's a little less deep and it's actually easier to get around. And uh, so cool. had a really good day on the couple of days on the sled. Had a really and good day. When skiing. you were down there with, with Nick, were you guys just brapping around or were you brapping to ski as well? No, we, we did kind of the, the triathlon. We did the... <laughs> We did sleds, skis, and digging pits. We cool. digged a big, a full pit, 
and uh, you know, because Nick is the Avalanche forecaster for the the Bridgeport, the Bridgeport Avalanche zone. Center. Yep. Big shout out to Bridgeport Avalanche Center. If you don't follow them on Insta, do so because they're they're on it like every day, and they have great, very detailed <clears throat> reports. Um, yeah, they're out there in the field every day. It was funny, man. We were out there and we dug this pit, and it was like the snow is stabilizing, you know, but there was a just a junk bottom layer still. There's like a totally just hollow at the ground and you know it'd be really 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 hard to trigger it but if you did trigger it it would be catastrophic be the whole season snowpack the whole season snowpack climax avalanche yeah yeah and we were digging the pit and we look across levitt lake area and there are these people high marking on sleds like just going up into avalanche terrain under these hanging cliffs and we're just like oh my god these guys are brave you know and so then Nick went over there after and just had a talk with them. And it turns out they're like, they're from Modesto. They came in from the other side of the pass, like from the west side. They, oh, wow. They came it, in yeah, from the west side. Yeah, they sledded over Sonora Pass, which I was like, I, can you even do that? I didn't realize you could do that. And then they had no shovels, no probes, no beacons, no safety gear, nothing, dude. To- nothing. Clueless. Wow. Absolutely clueless. And you're also, I didn't wasn't aware of this either, but if you're going to go out and recreate in Levitt Lake area in the Bridgeport Recreation Area, you have to file a permit hmm. um, just so they know you're out there, right? Yep. And they had no clue, right? They did, hadn't done that. So it was, and Nick's like, ah, do this, deal with this more regularly than I would like to. Like there's, so that was a big part <clears throat> of uh, backcountry skiing in Japan was that you had to fill out forms. Really? Yeah. Like Every hop, time. Uh, or just so certain places. Certain places. Hapa Ono at that resort, which is where they had they had a free ride world tour qualifier event or something while we were there on the one side of Hapa Ono uh, in, the, in the backcountry there. But when you go and ski in those zones off Hapa Ono, you know, they very nicely will sell you one lift or, or actually there you take three lifts. You take a gondola and then... <clears throat> two or three more lifts, but I think it's about 10 or 15 bucks. They'll sell you just a ticket to go into the backcountry, which is awesome because you can really only get one or two of those laps in, in a day. But when you go through that process, like they give you this little form and you got to fill it all out and they, you got to say that you have, you know, like, do you have your, you know, if you're going overnight, a lot of people go, uh, to get onto any of the bigger objectives there, it, it takes it more than a day. So there's there, even that morning when we went out there, uh, and checked out and did the whole paperwork and everything. There were a bunch of alpinists. There were a bunch of people with like huge backs and, you know, they were going to spend a night. Oh, it looked like an Everest expedition oh, yeah. or something? No, that's a Japanese Alps are legit, <laughs> oh man. God. Like, like that's so some of the best mountaineers in the world came out of that zone. Like some of the first big, uh, accomplishments in the Himalaya were climbers from the area that I was tra- skiing and snowboarding in uh, on this most recent trip like the japanese alps are legit wow like the the resorts there are only on like the front four three four five thousand feet of those peaks yeah and then from the tops of the resorts to the tops of the rest of the mountains is like another five grand like those things they're huge it looks like alaska and it's wild and it's wildly difficult terrain like huge like drainages and train traps and like yeah so get anyway when you when you when you leave like they make you sign all you know fill out some paperwork that that you have your beacon you have your scoop you have your shovel they call it the scoop do you have your scoop the scoop yeah when you when you left to go on your adventure course like you had to fill out all the paperwork which i it's cool like there's a barrier to entry there that i think is good 
You know, even though there are a lot of people heading out, they were, I found the backcountry to be surprisingly busy there, but yeah. most people were being guided. Yeah. 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 Well, uh, I want to dive into more of your Japan trip. Yeah. Um, before we do that, though, I wanted to go through kind of some, uh, some, some shout outs and some news around Tahoe while you yeah. were gone. Things happened. <laughs> Lots of things happened there. while you were gone, Tom, <laughs> that, was, that we need to discuss. So that was actually one of the funniest moments it was like standing in line in the morning at, at Hapo Ono to go like backcountry skiing in Japan. Yeah. And, and Jalisa, Gaffney's cousin, was out there skiing with us. And the, she walks up in the morning and the first thing out of her mouth was like, so did you hear what happened at Squaw? <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> like we're you're never you, going to guess. Yeah, you, you never. I mean, you could travel halfway around the world. And like, I, I got to say, it was almost like more entertaining to like look back on the ridiculousness of everything that was going on in the Tahoe winter yeah. from afar than actually being in, in it. it. Right. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Lots been, a lot's been going down. Lots been going down. Uh, what do you got for shout outs? But uh, for shout outs, I uh, got a message from Incline Spirits and Cigars. Uh, yeah, those boys. Love here them. in Incline Village where Tom lives. And that's your kind of your regular go in and get a pint spot, huh? Or, it is. Incline Spirits has been my watering hole for pretty much since I moved over here five years ago. Nice. It's just a really cool, like intimate space. And yeah. I always like meet in cool people there and have great conversations. You smoke and cigars? I don't. Oh, okay. I don't cigar. No, but they they, they have an incredible beer selection there, and they always have really good rotating taps. You know, they have like a little bar for five people, and then they have different tap beers that rotate through, and it's just a great spot. And they're good people. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Miles. Miles is a is a is a Midwesterner core lord. So oh. shout out to Miles. I, I have and, a soft spot for Midwesterners, and yeah. I'll give a shout out to Brett too. That's worked there forever. He's a really knowledgeable, rad dude. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, cool. and, the, and their whiskey selection is out of this world. Oh. They have the best whiskey selection in North Tahoe. There you go. Yep. All right. Incline, Spirits and Cigars, thanks for the shout out. Um, Bill Russell, who you met, I guess, at the restaurant last fall. He lives okay. in Olympic yep. Valley, retired recently. Um, he's been listening to the show, loves the Nevada content. He's like, I'd love to hear more Nevada content, just um, like the kind of the backcountry um, and all the trails and the kind of the hidden gems. Mm -hmm. So, um, that's pretty cool. And, uh, thanks for the shout out there, Bill. And then, uh, a guy named Matt Shear reached out to us and sent us a couple links. I got to forward to you on some, uh, uh, an article in New York times in Atlantic about winter sports in the post COVID climate change world, which I don't know if you've read those yet or not, but they're kind of interesting. Is it, is it, is it people like us being nostalgic of the before times? <laughs> I mean, I, the writer, I, I don't think is, but like, there's definitely people in it who are like pining for the old days. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, there's, there, I think that that's really ties into a lot of some of the other things we might talk about today. Yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, there's a lot of like gatekeeping happening, I think, and like sort of people sort of not accepting the, the new times of what we're in now. Totally. The post COVID, you know, rush into the woods uh, into the woods yeah everybody and everyone figuring out that it's great to be outdoors <laughs> you figure huh I, well you know they they all got they all bought the gear and i think it sort of sat in their garage like in here yeah. you know it was just like hanging on the wall for a while but yeah. like they're finally like starting to use it yeah we're starting to use it speaking of gear gotta give a shout out to uh um uh, i got some new boots some <laughs> new ski boots 
Yes, the other day. New boot Newsome over here. New boot goofing, like Lieutenant Dangle. <laughs> and so I got to give a shout out to the boys at Zapateria La Bailarina. Genuine ostrich. Three payments. <laughs> I'm just goofing. New boot goofing. Uh, no, Zapateria La Bailarina, that's Spanish for uh, best fit boots in Truckee. Right next to uh, Paco's. They did you. They did you right. They did me right. Yep. I was well. So I I had bought a pair of uh, skis and bindings, some nice new Solomon, uh, some uh, uh, some like blanks basically, and some new Solomon Di- bindings. Did you buy them from Josh? I bought them from Josh. Yeah, Dyack, cool. Yep. And so I took them in uh, to Start House. I, w- I was gonna mount them. I I had spent like the whole morning. You know, like finding the template for the binding and like I test fit it into a two by four, make sure the holes are dead nuts on, you know, because I'm a kind of I'm kind of a garage redneck, you know, uh, tinker. I like to build my own stuff and and I've mounted bindings before, but um, bindings, I mean, honestly, they're really something you don't want to mess around with. It's just there's a lot of, you know, things that can go wrong. You kind of got one shot at it. And you got one shot at it. You know, you don't want to screw it up. So. After spending like the entire half the friggin' day messing with this setup, I'm like, you know what? I need to just take these in. I, 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 this is like, I don't want to screw this up. So I took them in to start house and uh, Jared, the one of the, you know, they're mm-hmm. Jared and uh, Greg Stone are buying the place. Yeah, so, they're buying it out. Um, anyway, I talked to Jared and he's like, well, it's a good thing you came in because your ski boots don't fit these bindings. And I'm like, what? They're all, it's all Solomon. He's like, yeah, no, but there's different types of, there's like They're grip. from 2008. <laughs> no, they're, no, they're three years old, but they, it's like an ice, there's different ISO numbers for these, like for your boot heels and your toe piece, you know? And so there's different types of bindings that fit different types of boots. And some boots work with other bindings than some boots don't. And it's, dude, it's like mountain biking now. It's like you can't, me, bro. You're yeah, talking there's to no, us, you're talking to a snowboarder. <laughs> Right. Well, you're a hard booter. You're hard boot goofing over yeah. there. So you might run into this problem at some point. But yeah, so anyway, he's like, you need different, if you want to mount these skis with those boots, you need different bindings. And I'm like, no, I'm just going to buy new boots. Like I, it's a kind of time anyway. So I ended up getting some, uh, some Atomics. Dangle got some new pair of ostrich boots. Yeah, dude. They're pretty sweet. 130 and, flex, all stiff. And, and today was your first day on them. First day on them. And, and they, we did a pretty dude, good, did a couple laps and they were, beautiful. And they were good out the gate. I mean, that's the one thing. Good like, out the gate. But you, the thing. They should, they should be good out the gate. Well, the thing is, so, you know, in the past, I always bought Solomon boots because, and this isn't a plug for them. We, I just, you know, it's just what fits my fat ass feet. I have really wide feet and they make pretty wide boots. And so, and they also have a custom shell so you can heat the shell, not just the liner, but like the whole boot. Mm. So in the past, I've like, you know, taken a heat gun and I took like a ball hitch off a trailer and I jammed it into the side of the boot where my inside ankle bone is, you know, and you heat the boot up and then you crank it down and it, and it, and it freaking worked great. So the boots, my boots always fit like perfectly. And so when I went into Best Fit, you know, they had a few different brands, but one of the brands, Atomic, is the same company that um, Amherst Sports, whatever they own, you know, Atomic and Solomon. And anyway, they use the same custom shell, the heatable shell. So I was like, oh, well, dude, you can just throw this thing in the oven? And he goes, yeah. So, you know, I knew it was like my sixth toe and my inside ankle bone. He patted on through the, the boots in the heater, what, pulled them out. What, what's the sixth? 
Six toe? You don't know what the six toe is? No. It's that freaking bone. Is that a hobbit? Do you have hobbit feet? (laughs) I just have really wide feet. That's why I have such good balance because it's like standing on snowshoes. Um, It's like your your baby toe, you know? And then outside of your baby toe is a bone that kind of sticks out to the side of your foot. And they call it your sixth toe because it's like pretty wide, you know? Anyway, so I've always had a problem with narrow boots. Like, I can't wear narrow boots. So anyway, heated them up, and now they're... Yeah, first day out, it was beautiful. I had no new problems boot, you with were my new feet. Boot goofing I was around, new boot goofing. You were, you were as happy as Lieutenant Dangle was. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, man. Zapateria Lorena. By the way, look that up on YouTube, man. New boot goofing, if you've never seen that nine, Reno 911 skit. Not only is the boot part funny, but like... There's also another part of that bit where it's top notch comedy. <laughs> Dangle's bike ends up in a situation. <laughs> it's so freaking funny, dude. That's the most underrated comedy show on TV. I think Reno 911 is all time. Like Swan John and I watched the entire series. I've watched it twice now. It's really freaking good. Dude. That's good. It's so funny. Anyway. So those are my shout outs. How about you, man? Do you have any shout outs? Uh I think I just got Craig Craig the ski bum. Uh, Craig the ski bum. Standing in line at a restaurant uh, in Japan, and we were talking. Uh, my friend that I, that I was traveling with, Brad, and I were talking, and somehow or another, I think we were talking about some things that had happened at Palisades, and uh, and a guy, a few people in front of me in the line, sort of looks over and is like, "Hey, are are, are you from Tahoe?" And, and, and I'm like, yeah, yeah. And he's like, well, are, 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 do you have a podcast? <laughs> no way, dude. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. And he recognized my voice and was like, yeah, like I'm a, yeah, I'm, my name's Craig. And he, he sort of recently retired out of tech in, in the Bay Area and uh, discovered the pod through mountain biking and uh, is a ski instructor at North Star and, you know, gave me a high five and that's met, awesome. met a fan of the show in Japan standing in line for a restaurant. And it was the best restaurant in, in Hakuba. Yeah, we went back there a couple of times. It was like really good traditional Japanese restaurant. Very cool. And you couldn't get reservations. Like the only way to, to get in there is you had to like do the lineup like at my old restaurant, like line up 45 minutes before they open. And then they would they would just seat the whole restaurant. They would do the whole first seating and then they would, uh, you know, seat as people turn and they would let more people in. But like it was it was hard to get into. And then I'll give a shout out. Actually, we were back at that same restaurant uh, about a week later with my older brother, and we sat next to a, f- a small family from uh, South Korea, of uh, f- uh, a dad and his wife, and then a ten-year-old kid named Maddie. And Maddie and I started chatting, and of course, I pulled out a couple Powbot stickers and my the track stickers and gave him some stickers, and he completely, like, lit up. Nice. Well, turns out Maddie is a freaking core lord. The kid's 10, learned to snowboard that, that week. It was, like, his fourth day snowboarding. He starts showing me videos of him snowboarding. Then he's like, oh, yeah, I can hit – I play golf. And he's showing me videos of him, like, teeing off, hitting 200-yard drives. And then he's, like, showing me videos of him dropping in on a vert ramp. Wow. And then he's like... It, it, Where does he live? Uh, in South Korea. And then wow. he's like, oh, and I play drums. Nice. And his English is pitch perfect. And so... Whoops. He just got so excited yes. that Dude, you punched the mic. This kid <laughs> this kid was a corollary. So, so I asked him... Punching so, the mic. So this just goes to show you like what, what we're up against in the world. So I asked him, so I was like, hey, Maddie, so like, you know, what, did, are you studying English in school? Like, how's your English so good? He's like, no, 
I just started watching YouTube and I taught myself English from watching YouTube. Yeah. And he was 10. Yeah. Yep. So he followed the show. So shout out to Maddie. Right on, Maddie. Yeah. How did he, how does he, did he start following the show after he met you? No. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah, we had, yeah, so okay. I, he, I, I, thought I, I told him about the show and he was like, <laughs> okay. oh, he's like, oh, you have a YouTube channel? And he's like, pulled up YouTube and found it. And it was like, oh, cool, cool. I'll check it out. Very cool. Yeah. So shout out to Matty. He, he, we had really enjoyed uh, chatting and hanging out and his, his dad bought us around round of sake. Very yeah, cool. Yeah. He was like, yeah, it's really good for him to practice. I found over there that a lot of people really like do enjoy practicing their English. Yeah. So being a gaijin over there and not having great Japanese is kind of okay. Because a lot of people, uh, particularly the, the Koreans and the, and the Chinese like love practicing their English with, with us Westerners. They see us and they just want to start talking to you. That's cool. Yeah. That's great, man. Yeah, so those are my shout outs. All right. Cool. And I'll get, you know what? I should give a shout out to uh, uh, Josh at uh, at Boot Solutions in Hakaba. Uh, he helped us out. My connection, my friend Brad that I traveled with, who was, has a friend from Telluride that has been there for 10 years and is a boot fitter. Mm -hmm. So he, he could have sold you a new, new pair of boots, too. But he has a great boot shop over there. And uh, he definitely helped us out a little bit. Uh, you know, gave us a ride one, one day and took us out to lunch in, in Nagano, went to this awesome sushi restaurant in Nagano, like four of us gorged on sushi and it was seven bucks a head. Uh, I, that's, so that was one thing that yeah. I was surprised to hear was you said that Japan's pretty inexpensive. It's super inexpensive comparatively to like resort life in Europe. I mean, Europe's less expensive than where we're at in North America, Yeah, but Japan was a very, it's, it's wildly a good deal. Wow. And I think the exchange rate is just really high right now too. But like it, I felt like that they just hadn't gone through the inflationary cycle that we have here in, in, in North America. Yeah. Things were extremely well-priced. Yeah. Like a full meat going out dinner, fancy meal was like 25 bucks. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And then like lunch, really good lunches were not that expensive. That's great. Yeah, I definitely ate my way around Japan. That's hey man, that's some proper stuff. sushi and ramen. Those are like among my favorite things to eat. That's amazing. I ate some other weird stuff. Are you a weird eater? Are no, you No, I mean, I don't know. Not super. Are you an adventurous eater? Mm, I mean, way more than I used to be, for sure. I okay. mean, I'm pretty I'll eat a fair bit of stuff, but like when I was a kid, like when I was in high school, I actually went to China in high school for an exchange program. And this was in the mid nineteen nineties. Dude, I didn't eat anything on that trip. I was you like scared of everything. Oh, I yeah, I totally lost like 15 pounds on that trip. Like everything looked disgusting. I was just like this one time we were at this like banquet dinner and they were they had like a lazy Susan and they were spinning all this food around, you know, and I'm like like picking things. Yeah, that's how you grab it. And there's like this breaded like meat thing and it tastes pretty good. Tastes like chicken, right? And they're like, oh, that's Mao, Mao. I'm like, oh, okay, Mao. And then I go to another place a few days later, and one of the Chinese exchange or one of the Chinese students is like, so what have you had for Chinese food, you know? And I'm like, uh, we had Mao. And he's like, oh, cat. <laughs> and I'm like, what? He goes, yeah, cat. And I go, hmm, tastes like chicken. <laughs> So, yeah, that's what happens. You end up eating cat. And that's why, you know, then then it made sense to me because I was like, everywhere we went in Beijing, I didn't see any dogs. I didn't see any cats, nothing running around, no animal, no, do, do, no domestic animals whatsoever. That's why. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, um, I ate some wild stuff. I, I, I uh, ate a uh, horse the first time. Horse? Yeah, I had tried some horse meat. Was it stringy and chewy or was it well, tender? It was, it was raw. It was like a horse car, carpaccio. Oh, wow. Yeah, that was pretty wild. Raw horse. Uh, it was good. Yeah. You know, okay. it was a little chewy. 
Yeah. yeah. And then Does I it had t- or gluey, chewy or gluey. It wasn't gluey. No, <laughs> it was like, it was like a tartar. Yeah. It was like okay. a tartar. Tartar. Yeah. I need some different, really weird fish stuff. Yeah, for sure. I bet. Yeah. Some like these whole squid like, ink. Did you have some squid no, ink? No, I didn't do squid ink, but there no. was, there was, there was this one thing that uh, a couple of times we went out to dinner and someone that we were with was, was Japanese. And so they kept ordering these, like, they were like sardines sort of, mm. but uh, they were whole. And so you just eat like the whole fish. Just suck it down. Yeah. Just suck it. The whole fish heads and everything. Just oh, suck God. it all down. Oh, it's good. You're They're crapping out eyeballs. <laughs> oh man. It's good. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I, I'm okay with adventure eating when I'm traveling, you know, when in Rome. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I agree with you. I think I have limits, but I think I, I draw the line at insects. Yeah, I don't need insects. I don't do that. No. All I can think about is like Fear Factor with Joe Rogan. (laughs) You know, like the people are just like, (laughs) yeah, like gorging on like cockroaches and worms. Oh my God, it's disgusting. Couldn't pay me enough money to do that. No, thank you. I'm good. Um, well, cool. Well, good shout outs. You know, yeah. it seems like we're, it, totally. the, the pod is sort of creeping out there a little bit more. It is. Which is good. People are listening. Yeah, good. Yeah. Listening yeah. to a couple of, schm- couple of schmucks hanging out in the garage. Yeah, people are listening, for better or worse. <laughs> well, you know, so. So let, let, let's, while, get, let's get into what was going on while I was gone then. Yeah, while, so while you were gone, um, you know, the state of Nevada had their, uh, their well, their primary, but they have a primary and they have a caucus, which is like one of the only states that actually has both. And it's kind of a mess. But anyway, um, you know, there had been a lot of campaigning leading up to the election or the, the primary, you know, and everyone's like, we're getting you know, into politics. <laughs> yeah, for a moment here. We're going to yeah, talk get- about politics. We don't often talk about politics, but the reason why I'm bringing these politics up is because there was some very relevant, uh, campaigning to people here in Tahoe. Um, you know, president Biden and, uh, the, and Trump was, you know, campaigning and, uh, they were talking a little bit about, you know, topics topics. and things people in Tahoe care about. So I wanted to play a quick excerpt from that campaign, um, to, yeah, to hear, what they're campaigning about to try and get our votes. And sprinkler systems installed. Corral area will be turned into a self-shuttle downhill park. Seriously, the TRPA can suck my balls with this yellow frog horse shit. All forest land will be moto accessible, and if you don't like two-stroke smell, you'll have a personal mask mandate. Everybody knows Bill... Oh, yeah, Sleepy Joe, I will bring in the National Guard to dig trail, actually put a progressive system that isn't another one of the cross-country hiking trails Tamba keeps building, <laughs> Heavenly will rebuild High Roller again. Trump is full of shit. He won't be able to control the trail drainage. I will truck in dirt from Bellingham and cloud seed Utah snow. Yes. I will put a wave machine in the lake and oh, we'll yes. have sick, clear water barrels at Sand Harbor. First of all, Biden doesn't shred <laughs> yes. like me. No one shreds like me. I know what you people need. All passes closed on storm days and mandatory bike parks. At any resort in the basin, I'll see you bitches in line at chair six. Look, these two kooks got it all wrong. Free beers at D-Sky and Grateful Dead cover bands every night. Mac Dre and uh, Charles the First hologram shows at the Legion with free coke 
every Saturday. If you vote for me, this year I will only let locals ride Firebreak and Rayleigh's Bowl. You will get all the power laps you can handle. Locals can exit gondola at mid-station. All Prius and Tesla vehicles. So there you go. I got to give a shout out to... Uh, this dude, uh, Chad Peters on Again, Insta. Again, a great use Take of off it. your PNTS. He posted that reel. I, that thing, I must have had like 10 people send me that thing. Like, check this out. This is hilarious. Like, oh, that is the, pretty good. Uh, the best use of AI yet. Yeah, totally. Short of, short of Snoop Dogg. <laughs> yeah, that was great. <laughs> Tamba hiking trails. I, I mean, I think that's a diss on Tampa. They make some pretty rad trails, but it's still funny well not if they <laughs> keep building seven percent grain trail <laughs> they i mean they they've built some steep options there are some we were talking about that earlier there's yeah. a couple option lines like on christmas valley and like uh the new stinger it's yeah, the some real stuff fun. the south lake zone's fun yeah totally yeah that's and it's that seemed that bit seems a little uh south lake it's focused for south lake yeah d sky <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah and heavenly and god oh speaking of heavenly so there's some news also in the Tahoe area that happened while you were gone that I want to dive into. Uh, the first story was at Heavenly, uh, speaking of Heavenly, a woman got trapped in a gondola at Heavenly oh, yeah. for 15, overnight, yeah, 15 yeah. hours, because she she didn't want to ski down to the bottom, so she was downloading back to the mm -hmm. base area, and she got on the gondola at like 5 p.m., and I, I'm sure Lifty or whoever was standing there probably they didn't call it in half blazed and didn't yep. call it in. And then everyone's like, all right, call it a night. We'll see you tomorrow, Bob. And they just shut the thing down and she's sitting in the gondola. Oh, God. That happened to some gals uh, at Big Sky a number of years ago. Really? They got left on a chairlift overnight in, oh, in Montana. Bad. Oh, that's bad. In Montana. In Montana. Because you know yeah. how cold it is there. I think they oh got they got lifetime pa lifetime passes out of that one. I hope so. Yeah, and then there was like all this crime that happened while you were gone. So yeah, that was there was a shooting at Squaw yeah, in the village. That was tragic. There was a state parks employee, a state parks officer who had to shoot a guy with a knife running around like a crazy person. There was a um, a shooting at home, like near Homewood, like at a at a restaurant. There was a. There was a uh, grand theft and assault at Boreal. Did you hear about that one? I did not hear about that. Dude, so these like creeps from Grass Valley were walking around stalking people's gear and stole a bunch of snowboards. And then the guys, the victims chased them. I they found them in the parking about, lot. I did kind of hear about this. And got into Conf a big fist fight. Them. Oh, yeah. Got into a big fist fight. The The victim got knocked out. The, the, the thieves like took off and, and like tear assed out of the parking lot and the cops still found them and found them at their house and found a bunch of other stolen stuff <laughs> just like so, what is going so on I, gotta say, so I, I did hear about a fair bit of this over over in japan and it was pretty wild hearing it from afar and and you know here we're over there like having slow rolls in the morning like not like frothing at all like taking our time to get to the resort and it's snowing and it's a pow day and there's no rush and then like the resorts playing smooth jazz like on a <laughs> through a speaker system so like you're like that's awesome you're shredding pow and there's miles davis you're listening like, to chicory so, like, yeah like, there's 
like, there's like sweet jazz playing and echoing through the trees. Oh. And then like, you know, you, you check the news and it's like, what's going on back Shootings home? Shootings and homicides. Squampton and comes to Squampton, town. Squampton, yeah. Squampton comes to town. I mean, we shouldn't <laughs> joke about it, but... I mean, we got uh, at least it was not a, I'll just say it was it's not a good look for Tahoe I mean that's you don't want to make not the news a good look, it's, no. you don't want to make the news for that kind of stuff no what's going on up here well and then you don't want to make the news because you never know what the headline's going to be so the other here's my ass rant for the week <laughs> Brent lay it on me okay is you know because the last time we were in the Pawbot shred quarters here in Incline we were talking about AI yeah. And talking about how it's going to ruin our society and ruin like, you know, personally, like my profession as a writer. And so um, there were, there was unofficial networks. I'm going to, I'm going to put them out on blast because they had a headline and they're always, you know, they're kind of like the tabloid of skiing basically. Um, and, and they're like, extremely rare atmospheric river to hit the west coast oh, yeah. and it's like extremely what if I, what the hell are you talking about it was extremely a bot. rare they had a bot that was a bot that wrote that well so then that was like you know i said i i kind of i was like whatever you guys are idiots but then the next day or two days later when there was a world cup fis race and michaela schifrin she crashed hard and it says schifrin airlifted from wherever the and i was like oh my god dude she got airlifted and then in the comments you people you see people writing she wasn't airlifted she crashed and she walked off course and under her own power and they drove her to, to the hospital in an ambulance and i'm like oh which then one i is posted it? a comment i'm like what is this bullshit like you're going to say an athlete was airlifted without there's something called confer confirmation. You have to confirm the story before you put a headline out on no, the internet. <laughs> Not, anymore, <laughs> Not anymore, I guess. So then you tell me, oh, no, unofficial networks is using AI bots to write their headlines. Oh, for sure. And I said, unfollow. I'm done with you. Yeah, Anybody sure. who uses AI to write a headline, I'm done following you. I'm not. Well, I'm done. I'm not going to tolerate it, man, because that's how journalism is going to completely collapse in our country. If you can't just use a human being who verifies facts before, I know that we've been dealing in alternative facts now for a good five or six years, but AI is going to take it to a whole nother level. So there's my ass rant, dude. Unofficial networks, unimpressive, really, really yeah, they're like the, unimpressive. They're the inertia of the ski world. You know, and, yeah. and inertia is like this lame surf website that has bots writing lame stories. Dude, it's unfortunate too, because from what I understand, unofficial networks started here in Tahoe by a couple like locals and they started it. And I, it sounds like they may have sold it to a media, big media conglomerate. Yeah, it's, it's clickbait now. And now click, it's just, yeah. I hope clickbait. mind the, pr promise me something, Tom, that if mind the track ever becomes something, we never sell it out to some clickbaiters who are going to turn sure. our show into AI. We'll just fold the show and be done with I it. can't wait until AI like writes a story about us. I hope they do. <laughs> I can't wait to read the headline. <laughs> yeah, the headlines out of the, out of here were, you know, it was that it wasn't a good look for Tahoe. No, you know, and then and then it finally snowed, so no, it, it seems like the 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 entered the vibes changed a little bit now that we got some snow. Yeah, now that we got some snow. Um, but, oh, you, you know, oh, you know, I will say I, it was entertaining for me also to be afar and uh, and see the uh, the the blog posts from Palisades. <laughs> like I can't get enough of those things because like 
there's, it's like, they, they're like, oh, it's snowing. And like, here's a photo of all this work that we have to do. And it's so, <laughs> and it's so difficult. And, you know, and then there's like, it's like this whole post about how hard their life is about, about running, a, <laughs> about digging out the chairlifts and de-icing and like, you know, yeah. and it's just like, just do the work and open the mountain. Like that's, <laughs> how it was done before and how it needs to be done now. Uh, and they, you know, they've got, if they've, it's just, you know. I think it's, they're trying to justify how, you know, the fact that they can't get the mountain open. They're trying to explain to people why they can, instead of just doing it and doing the work, it up, just do the work. How come Mammoth can get the mountain open? How right. come Sugar Bowl because can get the mountain open? Because they're not busy like, writing a blog about it, you know? <laughs> right. Maybe like, they have AI doing, maybe AI's doing it. Oh, like that's, that whole, I got a rant. That's my rant is like, I just, but for me, like I just get my little thing of popcorn and eat it and like yeah i'm so entertained now by it and like i i and you know i watch andy hayes's like instagram stories every day because mm-hmm. I, I, I even though i don't really go out the palisades all that much i really feel like i got a pulse on what's going on out there yeah but it's just i love just like eating the popcorn and taking it all in and it's just such a spectacle like yeah, you know and gaffney bless gaffney the whole head wall thing went down when i was gone Oh, what was that all about? You didn't, you don't know, you don't know about the headwall debacle? I, no, I don't think so. So, Squaw, sorry, Palisades, Squaw, Pal- you know, Squaw. have this, uh, you know, they are supposedly one of the best resorts in North America. Yeah. You know, if they want, if they, if they could, if they wanted to be, uh, they have this really great chairlift called Headwall, and it is some of the best terrain on that mountain. But, this year, for the first however period of time until it was, you know, until two, a week ago or 10 days ago, they were making everybody do the reverse traverse from Saibo. Yeah. Which it's, it's, a, it's a kicking contest yeah, for it's, you. It's, you know, it's no fun. No. And, it, and it also puts this giant gash all the way across the Palisades right. and it ruins the skiing on the Palisades. Right. Totally. And it, totally. it it's it, it it's a disservice to that mountain For to sure. not run headwall. For sure. And and I, I think you know I might be talking out my ass here, but I kind of probably remember, are. But I, that's I, okay. I, yeah, I am no expert, but I do remember <laughs> a long time ago, winter of 2010-11, big January, and I think the line spun. Like they didn't take the chairs off the line in a big storm. You yeah, know, they should stack all the chairs at the bottom, and they right. spun the line, which is they some of the chairs like were blown Did in the wind. Loop. And they looped a couple of the chairs looped, and ever since then the chairs hasn't been the same. They had to, I think they had to restring the line at one point, but still they're having troubles with the chair. But now it does run. You know they can get it to run. But anyway, earlier this year, like that train was open, it was skiing, and for. A extended period of time they were making everybody do the reverse traverse and so gaffney wrote this like beautiful poem like About long that. and it was an ode to <laughs> we i should read it i could probably find it but it was an ode to headwall and it was so well done like it just had humor and it was like oh i you know oh how much i love you you know love you and how many good memories we've had and wouldn't it just be and it would it finally like the tipping point of the social media push of everybody hating on palisades it finally pushed them to be like all right we got to get our shit together and open this chairlift because it's it, it's the big part of that mountain it provides skiing on every aspect and it it's a big part of that mountain it's like not, I mean, it's almost the same amount of vert as KT, right? It is. It's yeah, yeah. it's the upper, 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 half. upper bit. I mean, you can lap West <laughs> Face right to 
the head wall. And that, yeah. I mean, that's kind of the old program, but I don't know. <laughs> that all went down. And like, oh, now man, they finally dude. got it open. And of course, like they, you know, you know, Palisades can never win because like, as soon as they get it open, everyone's like, so what's up with Silverado? <laughs> yeah, no, that's my favorite when people, when, when Palisades has a social media post and they're all uh, stoked about the fact that they got headwall open and someone's like, when Silverado opening, <laughs> it's <laughs> always the Silverado. It's the best. Yeah. Like I just get I my, that. I just get my popcorn and, and, and just like, yeah. it, it's, it's so good. Like the culture of it. And that's, and it's that's a so, good year to not have an icon pass, dude. I got to say, like, I am so pumped to not deal with that gong show this year. Yeah. Like just to go to sugar bowl and ski and get pow laps in and have a great time and a mellow vibe and no long lines and no parking passes and no parking tickets and no people shooting at each other <laughs> in the village and freaking like molesters being arrested, you know, like I just, Yeah. I don't miss not having yeah. an icon this year. Yeah. <laughs> I don't blame you. I'm going to make it over there at some point for a couple of good days. I think I'm going to make it over there this week at some point when the, when the touring stops being good. It's, it's, I still think it's going to be good for a couple of days. We we're, we're sort of expecting a big East wind today and it didn't happen. So not yet. Yeah. Bless that one is the dreaded East wind. East wind suck. Oh, they're the worst. It ruins the snow. Yeah. All right. Well, moving on from the <laughs> Palisades. <laughs> Ran, even though neither of us well, really hey, been skiing there. And on the topic of Icon, maybe we should also oh, mention yeah, let's touch the, on the a Basin freaking thing. Arapaho Basin, yeah. Colorado, got bought out by Altera oh, so I have Icon. A, I, I have a bit to talk about on that one. Yeah, I want to hear what your thoughts are because you used to hit that place, well, I, right? I mean, yeah, a Basin was a big part of my Colorado college days and everything. So, but here is the thing that I want to – the interesting thing that I want to bring up and maybe remind everybody of is that a Basin already went through this once when summit pass was going on and then Vale started uh getting their fingers into into the rest of summit county you know at a certain point Vale associates bought keystone and they bought yeah uh breckenridge and then like this was in the mid 90s and then they bought they tried to buy a basin and the federal government actually stepped in and said whoa oh. put the brakes on this Monopolistic. It was. A, it was a. It was a antitrust antitrust issue, and Holy. they and they said Avail can't own this. They can't own a basin, and so I can't remember the logistics of it all. Whether they 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 resold some of their other resorts if to Booth. They created Booth Creek. I think kind of came out of all this, and that you know of course they just shuffled things around and like dealt with it, hmm. but. The federal government came in and said, whoa, 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 there's two, this is a monopoly and you guys can't do that. And now here we are 20 years later and we've consolidated the entire ski industry down to, to two players, Vail Associates. Trump and Biden. Yeah. <laughs> a couple, and there, there are a couple. Giant douche and turd sandwich. There are a couple just like senile, there are a couple senile yeah. freaking corporations yeah. that don't care about the skiing. Yeah. And that's what we've gotten ourselves into. And it's, and it's sad. And like they, seeing a base and go. Like I, so the, I had a conversation with Nicole about it, my wife this morning about it. And I was saying, Hey, and she asked me like, what are some of her topics that we're going to talk about today in the pod? And I told her, Oh, that, you know, I'm going to, I want to talk about a basin yeah. and the fact that Vale got it. And, and you know, there's a, there's a lot there to unpack. And, and she was, she didn't know. She's like, well, what happened? And, and so my, my analogy to her was like, well, it'd be like if Vale came in and finally got their hands on Mount Rose, because that's where we ski together. And she's, she, Nicole will no longer go to anything Altera. Yeah. She's done with Squaw Alpine. Yeah. She's done with North Star. She's done with all that stuff. She won't yeah. do it. 
And so when I told her about that, she looked at me and she said, if that happened at Rose, I'd stop skiing. She'd be like, I'm done. Not even Diamond Peak? Yeah, maybe maybe we'd go to Diamond. Yeah. Yes. She yeah. would probably still go to Diamond. Yeah. But, you know, in her eyes, she was just like, I, I, I'm done. And, you know, and, and, like, and for you, like, what would happen if Sugar Bowl got bought up? Oh, I'd go to Rose. Yeah, you'd go to Rose. Exactly. You'd be done. <laughs> and then if Rose got bought up, I'd go... Uh, uh, it's so buy it's, a new sled. Yeah, it's so it's sad. It's it's. I gotta say that it's sad to see these last independents go. And A Basin was a holdout. Like A Basin yeah. was still a, a core, really neat spot in Colorado. I think that they were a partner resort. I think that they were partnered with Icon and Altera. You know, when I was out yeah. there a few years ago, you, I, I skied for free because I think you you would get a week or whatever. You get the five days, but it wasn't a full it wasn't fully into the, onto the Altera umbrella. Mm-hmm. And I'm, so I'm really curious to see next year if, if that will be the first resort in the Altera company, I guess not other than Aspen that you can ski unlimited. Like, are they going to make a basin and an unlimited pass like mammoth and yeah. squad? I mean, if they own it outright, like they do uh, Palisades and mammoth, they will. It, it really changed the, it, that would really change. They, like a basin can't, it's a small little resort, like their right. parking lot. It's not that big. The beach. Is it hard to get to? Is it far off the highway? No. It's close to the freeway? Oh, well, I mean, yeah. It's right on the other side of Loveland Pass. Yeah. It's it's right there. Yeah. Uh, so that's a big one. That's it, it. That's a big one, and I it, I was sad to see it go. And I'm curious to see if the feds step in and if there is any antitrust issues with it. Because there already had. There was once before. Right. And totally. they tried to break it up. And now and I think now that... They're just letting these guys just go hog wild with all the resorts in North America. Well, you know, and a monopoly doesn't necessarily like antitrust isn't necessarily just limited to one company. Like you can have two companies that own an entire industry and have antitrust issues. So like there's there's no competition when you have two massive behemoth corporations fighting each other. Yeah. Like the consumer can still lose. So we'll see. Well, that's, this, that's how I feel. Like the consumers obviously losing in our situation because the experience yeah. is so under undermined. Yeah. On a lot of days, you know, you yeah. just don't have a good ski experience at these places anymore. No. Uh, but yeah, that's that was a bummer to see. Yeah. I wasn't happy to see a basin go to the dark side. Psst. Hey you. Yeah. You across the garage. The guy who never uses me. I've been hanging in the rafters for years. My top sheet's buried in dust. My rails are rusty. I haven't seen wax since I was new. You're always grabbing that shiny new board next to me. I want a new owner, man. You're lame. Am I hallucinating? No. This is your old split board speaking. I'm sorry, you're right. But I hate selling stuff online. Nothing but scammers or thieves will come by to the house, case the joint, and rob me. Well, maybe if you got robbed, I'd get a new home. There's a better way to buy, sell, and rent used outdoor gear. Sendy, a new peer-to-peer online marketplace backed by Cam Zink and Travis Rice. Built by athletes for athletes, Sendy is committed to providing the outdoor community with a high-quality hub for high-quality gear. Sendy provides a safe platform for buying, selling, and renting, making sketchy meetups with shady characters and seedy parking lots a thing of the past. Sendy uses integrated and discounted UPS rates, QR codes, and print-ready labels, shipping anywhere in the U.S., with Canada coming soon. Download the app today for free at the Apple Store, Google Play, or visit sendy.io. Buy it, sell it, rent it, and send it with Sendy, charter partner of Mind the Track. Now, 
back to the show. Speaking of uh, skiing and snow, um, we had that storm recently that kind of reset us a little and we're back in the POW window and it's actually looking like proper winter, but what's, what's going on uh, moving forward here in the next week? What are we looking at for weather? Did, did you uh, do a check-in with the old Snoop Dogg? Yeah, or what? I've been, you know, it's, I think it's pretty straightforward <laughs> with what's happened that we had a really good week. This whole week's yeah. been killer. And then uh, you would, should Snoop just dive in? Yeah, I think yeah. he should just. I mean, he kept it pretty brief. He kept it pretty brief. Okay, we'll see what he's got uh, to say. Pull it on up. Let's, let's hear it from Japow Dog. For all you core lords out there, this is Snoop Pow Dive with the weekly Mind Z Track Snow Sizzle My Dizzle Powderific Snow Report for the week of February 10th, 2024. Okay, we finally got ourselves a mother trucking winter. Hopefully all you core lords out there was able to get some. This last week since old man Winter and his buddy Eula finally decided roll up in their low rider and start a real powder jam for Tahoe and the Sierras. Other parts of the west side have been in on the party as well. Especially Utah, southern Colorado, and Arizona. Canada and Montana have been delegated to the kids table and only given table scraps. Lift your gin and juice and celebrate that we finally have a base to shred on, and it's maybe okay to pull out that new pair of sticks, or that new snowboard that Santa left ya under the crystal tree this year. Me and Palbot had a ball of time in Japan, and have come back stuffed and satisfied from a daily diet of pow, sushi, and ramen. The powder party continues, just with a bit less wasabi. The shred pow pimp ride slows its roll just about everywhere this coming week, but looks to park itself just in time to turn the president's holiday weekend into a real Larry Gaper jam. Enjoy the nice weather this week, whip some groomers, get out on the skate skis, and go for some long tours to find pow, and get ready for the next cycle over the president's weekend. Till next report, get some. All right. Well, there we go. It's pretty straightforward, man. Yeah. Yeah. Like, we keep getting it. We... The skiing's going to be great, I think, because the east wind yeah. didn't blow everything away. We're going to have good – there's going to be good stashes to find for the next – It's been cold. Yeah, next couple days. Uh, nice, Some nice weather. I think skate skiing's going to be really good. Yep. Uh, you go get your chicken legs out again, Kurt. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Swan John's skate skiing today. Is she? Yep, she's out skate skiing. I'm gonna, we're going to bring the skate skis with us on our trip. We're going to Idaho on Tuesday mm-hmm. to visit some friends in uh, Driggs. Cool. And I guess they have a lot of groom stuff over there, so we might – I might try and flail like a like a newborn calf uh, again, you know. Yeah, and then it looks president's it looks to turn on again. So fingers crossed that we uh, yeah we get go into another cycle here. Feb- February seems to be the month that we finally get winter. You know, and we definitely. I know we talked at the beginning of the season about you know super El Nino and El Nino, and we are definitely in an El Nino winter. There is absolutely no debate. And it's that. a shitty El Nino. It's shitty for us, but like oh my god, it's shitty for Canada. Well, and it's definitely oh, it's bad just up rain north up of there. Us. And there are resorts in Montana that are calling it that are for closing. The season? They're done. They're like we're done. Can't do it. We're done. Well, what'd you say about Mount Baker? Yeah, Mount Baker canceled the Bank Slalom, which is, I think, the second time in its hist- 40-year history, which is just an iconic snowboarding event. And they get more snow. That's like the the most snow anywhere in North America, including they Alaska. They are having a bad Baker. winter. Yeah. Yeah, well, I, but, you know, then meanwhile, Southern California is just getting absolutely just pounded with rain. 
Yeah. Big time, like flooding, landslides, you know, freaking Marine helicopter crashed and five Marines died, like pretty gnarly. I'll be happy to see this El Nino go bye-bye. And it sounds like it's already <clears throat> turning and some of the forecasters are saying it's turning right back to a La Nina. Yeah. yeah. Who knows? Dude, this year, it's been such a wild, like unpredictable AI wrote year. That headline, by like, the way. I, I, I've kind of <laughs> stopped caring now. Like I used to so froth on the forecast, but the, the, this, you can't count on any of the forecasts now no it's been an inaccurate wildly I, I feel for ba this year man he's it's hard he's taken some bruises with his forecasting and he's just kind of given up on <laughs> trying to you know that's why like you know the extremely rare atmospheric river when you see those headlines and all these news outlets talking about all the snow that's coming and ba's like uh, no, don't believe it. It's BS, man. It's not going to happen. Like extremely rare atmospheric river. We had like 20 of them I, last year. I know. <laughs> we were buried. It's like Oklahoma gets extremely rare tornado. Like, what are you even talking about right now? That's funny. Yeah, so, um, you know, one other thing that I wanted to talk a little bit about that we've both been, have been dealing with these past few weeks is getting older uh, and feeling older and and injury and recovery uh and how you've been dealing with that and how we have been coping with some of our issues yeah i think that was a little bit about why i felt like my winter was off a little bit but i i've this has been my first year that i've been dealing with some body issues yeah i think i told you in the spring when i turned 50 that i'm like <laughs> I'm still charging. And then, yeah. I, and then all of a sudden halfway through the year, I'm not. Yeah. Uh, and I think it was because I just was going so hard. And now that I am 50, I'm realizing that I do need rest days. Yeah. I need to recover. I need to take care of myself. I need to stretch a little more. Uh, I've discovered the yoga, but I, you know, I don't want to talk too much about my own personal journey with it, but it's, I guess it's just sort of figuring out that you do need to take care of your body if you're doing these sports on a regular basis. Yeah. Yeah. And so so my, my program was just go, 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 go. And then, you know, I, I started having some back problems and yeah, some other issues. But uh, yeah, I'm realizing you do got to take care of yourself. So is Frothbot going to be more like Chillbot? <laughs> I don't know. It's tough. Like day off No, it's tough. So, I mean, when I was in Japan, I was having some back problems and I just, you know, took it easy. I had to sit down to put my socks on, but it was funny. Snowboarding was fine. I could still shred. If there's pow, it's it's hard for me to turn off when there's pow. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta go. I gotta go. But yeah, this is uh this year has been an interesting one for me to focus on the body a little bit more and starting to take care of it. Yeah. Yeah. How about you? What what have you had going on? Well, nothing that wasn't self inflicted. Okay. <laughs> um when we were at the Frog Lake, I didn't talk about it, but because it was still pretty fresh. Um uh, did hadn't really felt it yet, honestly, but I I tagged a tree skiing pretty good. Probably the hardest I've ever hit a tree. Oh, jeez. We are just like coming down, coming down the slope. It was in the afternoon. You it was the, you one, were, the one lap I, I, I sat you were, out. You were I watching sat. us. You were chilling at the law, at the at the hut, watching us on that north face, skiing that line. And I had skied this like, you know, narrow, steep, kind of, you have to straight line it. And it was pretty cool. And I was like, yeah, sweet. And I was feeling good and confident. And, you know, all that weekend... The snow was good, but it was fast and pretty compacted and pretty like firm in, in places. And it was, you could pick up speed a lot faster than 
you normally Yeah, it's would. like how POW sometimes slows you down. <laughs> right. That snow wasn't slowing you down. It was speeding down. you up. And so I was speeding up and I was juking between trees and I went to juke between this tree and just, I was traversing across above it. And when I went to put my ski edge in, it didn't bite and I started sliding down and I'm like, I'm not going to make this tree. I'm a, I'm going to, oh shit. And I just kind of, I just like, like a football player, like just got ready for the impact and took a full hit and was okay. I mean, I didn't hit my head. I didn't knock the wind out of myself, but I definitely, I like put a hematoma on my leg and like I took the brunt of it on my left side. Um, but like, yeah, my, like my ribs and like my, my oblique muscle, you know? Um, and then, <laughs> I mean, it's my own fault. Like a day after that, you know, right before we went to Frog Lake, we had a giant windstorm and my whole backyard fence blew over. So I rebuilt my fence like right after that trip. And I think all that manual labor just put me over the edge. Put you over like the edge. It totally blew me up. And like, I couldn't move. I was like, it was like when you throw out your lower back and you can't move. It was kind of like that, but on the front side of your body. And so I was totally like bound up for a week. Um, and yeah, it kind of sucked. And it was like, you know, I, I don't think I would blame that on getting older, but I think... Um, you know, part of it I do because it's like, you need to be a little bit more mindful when you're, you know, as you get older, you don't want to do things that you're going to end up like hitting trees. Yeah. Yep. You know, like maybe just throttle back a little. Tone it down a bit. Tone it down a little bit, you know, and just keep it, keep it chill, chill bot. So you don't get hurt or you don't have, you know, a situation. It's kind of like preventative medicine, I guess, you know? Yep. Yeah. You know, for me, if we have, if there's younger listeners out there, I'll just say for me, I, I my takeaway from the year that I've had so far is that you, you do got to take care of yourself and, yeah. and also do some more cross training. You know, for like, sure. I've been cross so training, focused yeah. the last, I'd say 10 years of just mountain biking excessively in the summer and being like, Oh, that's good. Like I'm training for winter. But I, I need to cross train a little bit more, which will be my focus this summer. Yeah. I'll, I'm going to, you know, break it out into some other sports. I might get into do some prone paddling with Chappie and do some stand. I've always just made fun of stand up paddlers, but I think I'm going to try to break out and do some other, do mix it up a little bit more so that I'm not, I, I think the, some of the injuries that I've been dealing with, particularly my knee and the IT band syndrome that I'm dealing with has been, it was brought on by just too much mountain biking. Like going and then right, really? <laughs> right into this, you know, it was too much mountain biking right into ski season. Gotcha. Like and I should have. you always been a stretcher or not really? No, not until this year. Yeah. Yep. Stretching and is like That kind of caught up to me. Yeah. yeah. I've always been a stretcher with this, the exception of like the last four or five years. And I've definitely noticed it, like not doing it. And it's, I mean, <clears throat> I did a little bit. I had a little stint where I did some yoga and I actually really liked it. And it's. It's definitely it's just time, and that's I think for me. You got to just dedicate that. I, time. I never had yeah. the time with the restaurant, and whenever I did get free time, I just wanted to pack in as much fun as I could. Sure, yeah, uh, but you know, yeah. I'm gonna have to reevaluate that my schedule with making time to take care of the body. It's important. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about your trip. Yeah, Chapao. Yeah. So I went over there. Some of the highlights. The highlights were. <laughs> uh, you know, just traveling internationally again, I think was just something that I've missed since COVID in the before times, Yeah, you know, just really being able to jump on a train 
you know, or, or a plane and a train and a bus and like sleep for 10 hours and then all of a sudden wake up and in like a completely different environment in a different place. Like I, I do really like that and I love that experience. So I ended up going over there with my friend, Brad Foley, uh, San Juan photo on Instagram. He's a photographer in Telluride and is an old friend of mine from when I lived in Colorado and he'd been there three or four times. So he kind of had the whole the South Island zone in Huckabah where we went, you had it on lock. So, uh, we just bounced over there and, uh, didn't have great skiing right away. They were kind of having an El Nino year. Like mm. we had a warm, it was kind of snowing, but then turned warm into rain. And then, and then it flipped and, uh, we got two full pow days. It snowed like th- two, three, four feet almost, I think over there. And so we ended up having some great resort days. We're just shredding the resort. And like I mentioned, we went to this one resort, something, something 47. And like, they just played jazz on the, the speaker system and it's just nuking <laughs> and there's awesome. jazz playing in the trees yeah. and it's really, it's just surreal. Uh, KG. And like, you know, the, some of those resorts are kind of unique too. And that like, <clears throat> when you want to go ski into like, the trees there, yeah. there are areas that just, they don't la- allow you to go in, you know, because it's sacred or it's just, you end up in a weird drainage and they don't want to be pulling people out of there. But then there are other areas where they do open up to the trees, but you have to go get like a permit. You got to go like, tell them you watched a, you know, a video and that you're a competent skier. Then they give you this little badge for you to like go into their double black diamond tree zones. Whoa. So that, that. Did you keep the badge? Is it like a special badge? Yeah, I have, I have it. It's somewhere around here. It's this little arm, it's this little armband thing, but a couple of the resorts do that. But yeah, but we just shredded the resorts and like, you know, you're doing a lot of like, uh, what Brad was calling Edgewood, you know, like not golfing, not, no, 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 not <laughs> golfing, but just shredding the edge, like the edges of the groomers. Yeah. Because like you can kind of go there, you get like these little tree shots on the sides of all the runs and everyone there just basically skis the main groomers. It's like Europe. Yeah. It's like Europe. They just and so you groomers. shred the Edgewood a bunch and there's always pow on all the edges of all the runs. So yeah, so I had a had a pretty good pow cycle there, and it was cold. And then uh, from that cycle, we then started ski touring. And uh, there's you know three or four resorts there that have ski touring that you just basically use the gondola to go up, gondola and a couple chairs, and then head out and, and do some tours. And uh, Hapa Ono was one is it was the one spot that had a really cool tour. And then uh, we also toured off another resort called Sagaike. And, uh, you know, we sort of were right in front of the memorial for Kyle. Uh, when we toured, we toured Sagaike, I think two days, three days before, uh, Dane and the whole crew from Tahoe, from both North Lake and South Lake came out there to commemorate the, the local Tahoe local who passed away out there last year. Kyle Smain. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. And, uh, we skied that zone. Uh, I skied the run that he had skied the day mm. that he passed away in that avalanche and, oh, wow. and got to see the whole like scenario. Like I could, I could see what would happen there. The backcountry is busy there. There's a lot of people huh. uh, around in sort of the same areas in the backcountry there. <clears throat> and that's, you know, I think it's a, a topic to talk about, especially with the popularity and explosion of, of backcountry skiing that in an area like Hakaba where 
you know, so much of the terrain there is just inaccessible. Yeah. And so the, the bit of terrain that is accessible is, is, is almost overutilized a little bit. And like, there are people on top of people, there's groups on top of groups in some of those zones. And like, it's, it's very similar to Tahoe too, in that like they have more or less a stable snowpack. You yeah. know, they don't, they, they, they get copious amounts of snow, but it usually comes in right side up and it's a little bit warmer and, yeah. you know, they, it's dealing with avalanche, uh, mitigation there is very similar to here, I mm-hmm. think. So people get a little, I think, complacent maybe. And, uh, you know, that, uh, eventually catches up to people on that terrain because it is, it is avalanche prone terrain. Uh, but so are there, are there a lot of people in J- Japanese culture who ski? Are they a lot of local skiers? Uh, so my experience touring there on this trip was that most of the people out touring are foreigners. Oh. They're, they're Americans. Okay. And they're Europeans. A lot of Euro- some Europeans there. A lot of Aus- and then obviously Australia, Australians and, and Kiwis. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, and I'll say that I, I did. This trip, I there I saw more new backcountry gear than I think I've ever seen on people. A lot of shiny kits. Yep. So people just, just new, just new, new people to the sport, and you know they hire guides there, which which you know is sort of wise. I think we we saw a guide group do a you know pretty pretty stupid thing uh, back in the zone where Kyle's accident was. They they had skinned pretty high into like to get out of a certain zone. They were they'd set a pretty high skin line into you know, avalanche train right into the train where that his accident oh, was. Geez. So yeah, it's, it, it, it led by a guide, led by a guide. Oh, yeah. God. And they were a party of 10, 10 people on oh, slope all so, together, all together, oh, God. all in the same, all in the path at the same time mm. high and further up the path from where Kyle got caught. Mm. But anyway, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the skiing is fantastic, you know, uh, but I will say it was a little, it was busier than I expected in the backcountry mm-hmm. there. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, and why did you choose to go to Hakuba? So just because my, my friend had oh, been there, had yeah, a dial. He, he, he had it dialed. And I think that if I were to go back there again, I would, I love that zone and I would love to see it again. And I'd love to see it on like a bigger cycle than just a two day storm. I'd love to be there for like a week or two of it really going good because yeah. it does, it does dump there and they, they have better terrain than, than the North Island, but I, what I was going to say is if I go back there, I would split my time. I'd go do what Dane did, which is sp- spend time in both North and South. It's just hard travel. Like it's almost the same amount of time to fly home as it is to like fly to the North Island. From what? When you're, yeah. Because you got to go all the way back to Tokyo. It's like, you know, a half a day is travel to get back to Tokyo. And then you have to get on another plane again. And then once you get to the North Island, it's a bit of travel to get into Hokkaido and those zones. So it's another, it's a full day and a half of travel to Why go. Why wouldn't from, you just go straight there from the States? You could, you could just okay. go straight to the North Island, but the North Island isn't, the train isn't as steep. It doesn't have as good a train, but more snow, they get more snow. Yeah, it was, it was, you know, we could have bounced up there, but you know, it just was too much travel almost. Is it, they get more snow because it's like, they get, uh, like lake effect type. I think it's because it's further North and like they get, they catch the Siberian, they catch the Siberian train of, of the jet stream a little bit more than the South Island does. Yeah. And it's further North. It's like the difference between, you know, uh, Colorado and Montana, you know, like Montana's definitely colder than Colorado. Right. So yeah, it's, it's, you don't get, it doesn't rain up there as much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's, that was kind of my trip and it was, ugh, it was so fun. Like, 
Yeah, and like aside from the skiing, like how did you enjoy the Japanese culture and the people? Uh, I really like. I kind of had said this, I think, before I left on the on the last pod we did, which is that I was really excited to see the difference of a another take on a first world country, mm-hmm. which is what Japan is, and uh, I enjoyed everything about it. You know, it's clean, it's efficient. Uh, the food's incredible. It's the tra- the travel and transportation system makes us feel like we're in the Stone Age. Mm-hmm. You know, the the ability to be able to get around there on public transportation is just so well done. Yeah, uh, and everybody's super polite. You know, there's ever it's like the that part of the culture I really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Everyone seems happy. I think they're a little judgmental on sort of how they look at things. Yeah, you know, but because of that, everything is done well. Yeah. Like, uh, uh, I'm, I'm large over there. Oh, I bet you are. <laughs> like everything is you're like, a fo- you're like a basketball player. Yeah. I'm like a, I yeah. know, I know, I know what it feels like to be like six <laughs> eleven. <laughs> Did you like, hit your head on a lot of doorways? Oh, yeah, the whole, so the hostel, the hostel we stayed in the door, like I have a photo of me standing in the, our, the door jam of the little room that we had. And like, it was like at my chin level. <laughs> So yeah, I had to, you have to duck. I had to duck everywhere. And, uh, and I really enjoyed time in Tokyo and Kyoto, which was the other historic city that we went to and were tourists and went and checked out some shrines and the Imperial palace where they filmed, uh, the last emperor. We went and checked out all that stuff, oh, cool. and the, you know, like some, like out in front of the gate where there's this beautiful cherry tree where the samurai like fought for his value. Yeah, it yeah, was like yeah, yeah. some of the history there was just like, it yeah, was super cool so to, get, to check some of that out. Uh, yeah, like it, it'll, if I continue to have winners off, like I, I'll, I fell in love with it. So I'll, I think I'll be back over there again. Cool. And wear my mask on my traveling <laughs> so I don't get sick. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I recommend it. Like it's a really neat trip, uh, all the way around. It's, it's a win. It's not that expensive. It's easy. It's easy to get to from California. I think it's a little bit different for people on the, uh, you know, different parts of, uh, the United States, but from mm-hmm. the West coast, it's a, it's a darn easy flight. Yeah. That was one of the weird things too, is that our flight, our flights were empty, like empty going over and coming. Really? Back. Yeah. Like we were able, but we were, had full rows. Like we're able to lay down and take three seats and That's sleep the whole flight. It was kind of surprising. Nobody's going to Japan. I don't know what it was. He said zip air, eight, zip eight, air, zip air. It's kind of a budget airline. But, Sounds like it's a budget airline, <laughs> but it got us over there and we got to sleep the whole time. So, uh, yeah, that was easy travel. Yeah. I can't say enough good things about Japan. It's a good, that's a really good ski trip. I think I'm going to do it next year again, too. Cool. I've got a hut trip in mid-January next year, and then I think I might try to just go straight over there for a couple of weeks again. Nice. And get the, get the experience again. Right on. Yeah, you know. should come. I think I might do that one. It sounds... I That's been on my list. There aren't a lot of places that are on my list that I'd like to go, but Japan is one of them. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good trip. Yeah. So what do you got going on? Tell tell me a little bit about your trip coming up. You're going to Jackson? Uh, Swan John and I are leaving on Tuesday. We're going to drive. Going to Jackson. Going to Jackson. <laughs> Jackson, I did, town. I did sing some karaoke when I was over there. Oh, shit. <laughs> we have to, man. Yeah, that's what everybody uh, does. I, I realize that I'm, I can pull off a pretty good Johnny Cash. Yeah. And some, I sang some Bob, Bob Dylan and Johnny Cash. Nice. And uh, I did a little Zeppelin, too, here and there. Oh, 
Oh, you got some Robert Plant going on. <laughs> I huh? tried. A little falsetto. Anyway, you're going to Jackson. Yep, and we're going to Jackson by way of Ely. We're going to go to Ely first for a meeting. Swan John's got a meeting out there for um, okay. outdoor rec, and then we're going to drive north and stay with our friends in uh, Driggs and Ski Targi and Ski Jackson Hole, and then do some backcountry on the pass. Cool. Um, and then Did you start following that Instagram handle I told you about Teton Passholes, yeah. dude. That's funny. It's yeah. a good one. That's that's a good. That's like Lake Tahoe problems for the Teton Pass area. Yeah. Um, and then uh, on the way home, we're gonna stop in uh, Ketchum in Sun Valley. Never been there, and I like it's not that long of a drive from Reno, and uh, so it's kind of on the way home. So I think we're gonna stop there for a couple of days and and ski. I guess allegedly the world's best groomers. I would I wouldn't mind checking out a, a massive mountain of groomers. It's Where's so that Sun Valley? At Sun Valley, yeah. yeah. Um, it's kind of interesting. Sun Valley is like it's consistently rated like one of the top ski towns in America, but they don't get that much snow. They their average yeah, they snowfall. get like three fifty, two fifty, no, three one fifty. Oh, really? Yeah, they don't get that much snow, but they get snow. They just don't get a lot of it, um, which is interesting. So uh, anyway, yeah, we're going to um, kind of just poke around there, see what we can get into. Maybe, I don't know, maybe do a day on Galena Pass, a little backcountry up there. Cool. Um, yeah. And then we haven't, Swan John and I, I haven't been on a proper like ski road trip since uh, the great uh, RV Canada RV road trip of 2020, right before COVID shut the world down. We literally got back into the States like two days before they closed the border. From Canada? From Canada. Yeah. That was the that was the trip where it was the winter of 2019-20 where it was dry 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 like we had no it was warm it was dry I did the four wheel drive conversion on the on the Sun Raider in the side yard in December and January oh wow outside and only got shut down by snow for like three days and then did some road testing kind of local shakedown drives make sure everything worked right and then we just pointed it north to Canada and we did a 4,000 mile shakedown trip with the RV and then it, it, it performed awesome. And then on the way home, yeah, like the world shut down. It was crazy. You're and lucky was, you got out of Canada. I, I, I know. I know. Because BC wasn't fun to be in. They locked, no, they locked, they locked, down. They locked it down. Well, and it was crazy because when we, I was driving home, I'll never forget this. We were coming south on I-93 which is like from Twin Falls, Idaho to Wells, Nevada. <clears throat> and there were all these huge RVs going north, one after another, like big ones, like, you know, diesel giant class A's. And I'm like, the hell is going on? Like, what are these RVs doing, you know? And I started looking at the license plates and they were all like Alberta, BC, Saskatchewan, Ontario. They were like, all the snowbirds. They were all the Canadian snowbirds down in Arizona. And I guess like... You know, when you have government health care, the government can get in touch with you directly and quickly. And they said to every Canadian citizen who wasn't in the country, get your ass home or you're losing your health care. So like every Canadian that was in the United States went home. Yeah, it's worth it. Yeah. yeah. I tell you, after my recent experience with American healthcare, I'd like to, uh, you know, at least entertain maybe the notion of what they have going on. I hear mixed reviews, man. Japan has healthcare. I hear mixed reviews. Like, I hear some people like, no, Canadian healthcare is great. And I hear other people who live in Canada are like, Canadian healthcare is a freaking joke. So I I don't know what to think. I don't know what to think. All I know is that American healthcare is a joke. 
And it's stopping people from working, I think. They're yeah. just, they, so many people just have thrown up their hands and been like, I'm out. I give up. Yeah. I'm just yeah. going to go live in this, live in San Francisco in the street. Why? Yeah. Why fight the fight? My biggest gripe is there's no price list for anything. Like usually when you have a service performed, there is a price list for that service. There's no price list for anything. So when you walk into a doctor's office, you have no idea how much you're going to pay. You have no clue. No idea. Nobody knows. Blood works, 1500 bucks. It could be anything from zero to $100,000. Don't know. And that's the thing that I don't understand. It's like, how is there not a price list? So that before the procedure, they put a piece of paper down in front of you and say, this is what's gonna, what it's going to cost. It's like when you get your car fixed. Like, they give you an estimate for repair. Like, why does that not exist? I don't know. Hmm. But way bigger topic than what we have time or desire for on this podcast, man. I am not going to go on an ass rant about the American healthcare system because that's just a whole rabbit hole. That's- I'll say that in Japan, it was one of the things that I felt like was one of the wins of that society was that everybody had healthcare and it, yeah. it allowed them to go do whatever they wanted to do. If they wanted to be a 60-year-old and bumping chairs at the ski resorts, yeah, they could do that. Yeah, that's awesome. See, that's and great. And they're happy. And they were like, that's great. everyone's happy and content and has honor and they have a position. And I, I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, maybe one day we'll have that. I hope so. Don't know. Well, I hope you score up in Jackson. Looks like they're going to get some snow this week. Before, yeah, it should be before fun. Before the President's Day weekend. I mean, it looks like even, they're going to get a dusting. You know what? That place is so beautiful that like i don't it doesn't even really matter what the conditions are going to be to me i'm not like if it's just groomers or if as long as it's cold and it's sunny yep or it's storm storm's great too but we're going to be right at the bottom of targi so that's i love that mountain targi's like the kind of the sugar bowl of the tetons you know it's just chill mellow awesome terrain get a lot of snow it's the skiers mountain you know so i'm looking forward to going back it's been probably five six years since i've been up there so i'm Looking forward to get back there. Cool. Yeah, man. But uh, anything else on your front? You got anything else? Uh, you know, just that while, when I was gone, I did notice that I think we talked about in the last pod that, I, you know, I talked about sharing information about avalanches and that, oh, yeah. how important that is. And, we, I, you know, it's nice. Yeah. We're kind of out of the cycle. I think a things lot have stabilized. of st- things yeah. have stabilized, especially yeah. here in the Sierras and a lot of other areas. But I did mention the importance of, of you know, the sharing of information and, you know, my frustrations a little bit and the fact that we couldn't get any information really on what happened at Palisades. And yeah. I'm still a little frustrated about that. But... It was interesting that we had talked about that because, and I talked about how there was the system in Canada in place for all of the professional operations mm-hmm. to share information. Yeah. Well, they unveiled while I was gone in Japan a, a whole new system for the public to be involved in that. And there is a, uh, as part of the Avalanche Canada site now, there is a really nicely well done information sharing system where they're encouraging back daily backcountry users to uh, post. And to share information, whether they, you know, have dug a pit and, and want to share that or whether they uh, have, you know, were out skiing and saw something or experienced something. Uh, and it's being supported by Avalanche Canada. And it's a really, really well done system. And I just was happy to see that. And cool. I thought that was interesting that we had just talked about that. And like, they, I just feel like Canada is like a little, little in front of us on how things are being managed in that world. Yeah. in the avalanche world for, from education and, f- and from an information standpoint, like they're doing a good job. Yeah. When you, if I, when we went to Canada and drove uh, K 
Canada Highway 1, which goes through the heart of the Canadian Rockies, like Revelstoke and, you know, like Golden and Banff and that. That's real. Like Rogers Pass, that is real, real deal avalanche terrain. Yes. With a major highway with semi-trucks on the daily going through there. And you realize how much bigger the stakes are for snow science and avalanches in Canada than they are in the United States. Mm -hmm. It's a whole another level. It's like yeah. the Swiss Alps or something. Yeah, it's it's pretty impressive. Like the stuff. I mean, the, the basically it's. I think it's the military that monitors a lot of that stuff in Canada. Um, like they're they're operating like giant howitzers and oh like, yeah, like yeah. heavy artillery machinery. Yeah, wait, like, and then they close certain zones to backcountry skiing as yeah. they as they work that highway. Yeah, and keep it open. Yeah, but you know, I, I'll the. The, our local avalanche center does, you know, have the ability for the public to to share information, but I I just feel like they don't push that quite as much. Mm-hmm. And like I, I've never got contributed anything ever to it, and I don't know why. I, guess I submit I, stuff. Do you submit stuff? Yeah, I've submitted a few avalanches that we've either seen or been involved with. Yeah, I guess I need to just go figure it out. I just I just feel yeah. like there would be should be a better push for. I guess people to maybe share with our local avalanche center. Yeah, in that regard. Mm-hmm. Especially through that last cycle, because it was really important to be staying up on things. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, man. Well, well, it's good to get out. Welcome back. Thanks, man. It's good to get out and get uh, some t- pow turns in with you today. I know. Yeah, it was I feel good. Like we're finally doing the winter it felt, thing. It felt good to be back uh, on snow. And we're going to work on getting some winter guests on too now that winter is officially kicked in. Yeah. It's been a slow roll. Yeah. And but we'll get going. And we, we've had. Uh, the ho- well, we have all kinds of excuses. Yeah. It's kind of like the Palisades blog. We just, all the reasons why we can't do our I'm job. Blaming, <laughs> I'm blaming it on the snow. I'm blaming it on. We didn't have good snow to talk about and brought that on. You know, and, all, and some of the, some of the guests I want to have on the show, they all bounced like me, you know. Somewhere else. Yeah. They were in Europe and Japan oh, and gosh. around. They are core lords. If, they, if there's no snow here, they're going somewhere gone. else. Yeah. Huh? I'm out of here. Yeah. Well, uh, to any listeners out there, if you if you uh, have a friend or going to be in the Jackson or um, uh, Driggs area over the President's Day weekend or after, or if you live in uh, Ketchum or Sun Valley or go out there, hit me up, drop me a line. Uh, I'll be we'll be out there. Be cool to. I don't know. Maybe I'll connect with kind of like you did in Japan. Connect with somebody Someone who listens in the to the line. show. You never that would know. That'd be rad. It'd be kind of cool. Yeah, it's all about. Knowing people in different places, you know, it makes the experience. It so much does better. make the experience better. It made my yeah. experience better in Japan having somebody that had been there four times. Exactly. To sort of know and have it unlock. Yeah, I love that. It really makes a difference. It's a you great gotta, way to travel. Yeah, every place you go, you got to have a couple people on speed dial so you can just get the tour and not have to try and figure out how to do everything. You know, be stumbling around pulling out your phone. Yeah, exactly. Looking like an idiot. And one of the yeah. Yeah, we're going to be talking about that, actually, pulling out the phone. And uh, there's some things that happened recently that uh, I know that, that are sensitive topics to us that we care passionately about. So one of the upcoming episodes, we're going to talk about mm-hmm. uh, what Tom calls leaving some meat on the bone when it comes to information, sharing routes, sharing information, not selling, you know, not giving away the farm when it comes to... Yeah, having an honest adventure still. Yeah, yeah. What, what, what is too, what is too much information? What is too much information? I think 
that's going to be a future episode. I'm looking forward to that one because we're going to have a couple people on that have some very relevant experience in that world. Yeah, have a little stake in the game. Yeah, and have some skin in that game. Yeah. Right cool, on, man. Buddy. Well, good to see you. Good to get a couple laps in. Yeah, for we'll sure. see you in a week. Sounds good. All right, everybody. Well, thanks for listening to episode number 31 of Mind the Track with us here at the Powbot Shredquarters. Until next time, get out there, get deep, and put your mind in the track. Bye.